resident wino crystal <laughs> like the sound effects there <laughs> um and today we have really cool stories for you about new orleans everybody yeah. likes new orleans i mean i've never been i always wanted to go so it was really <sighs> fun for me to you know look up um stories about new orleans i love it there you've it's, been yes oh, so it's jealous. such a magically creepy world and i'm I'm in love with it. So good. And the food. Oh, God, the food. I would be so fat if I lived there. Fat and happy. Hey, that's all we can hope for, right? <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah. Before okay. we get into this, and I forget yet again, I have to tell you about what happened at my house. I forgot to mention it in our first episode when I told you about my creepy house. Uh-huh. A friend brought it up. They were like, yeah, you forgot to mention this. I can't believe it. So let me tell you about the <laughs> apparition that was seen in my house. All right. <laughs> <laughs> One of our friends that we grew up with, he was coming to our house for our uh, like kind of Christmas, pre-Christmas get-together thing. And he, I don't think, is one that is a big believer in ghosts and spooky things. And he comes into my house and he's like, what the heck is James doing up there in the window just watching everybody? And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Apparently, when he pulled up with some people to our house, he saw somebody in the upstairs window where the playroom is. And he said it was a large man, a bald man, and he was just standing there and watching everybody as they came to the house. And he had gotten out and was smoking a cigarette, and he said the guy was just standing there watching everybody as real-looking real as you or I, you know. Why and does it always have to be the kids' room? Ugh. <laughs> right? And he's like, what is he doing up there? I'm like, what are you talking about? James has been in the shower. He hasn't even come out to the party yet. And nobody has been up in the playroom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, he saw an apparition in my house. So how did he react? Um, He at first just was a little confused and didn't understand what I meant by James is in the shower. He was not up there. <laughs> no one else is. <laughs> And then he freaked out. Did he want to leave or did he stick it out? He stuck it out, but I mean, probably because there was a whole bunch of people there. But yeah, he was definitely freaked out. And it got brought up again at the Super Bowl the other night. And um, yeah, he was freaking out a little bit again. <laughs> I feel better now that I got I'm that happy out. You shared that. <laughs> All right. What do you have to share with us? Okay, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it was so hard to choose 
one ghost. It was just so hard. I'm like, I just started going deep down the rabbit hole. I would find an interesting experience or ghost or, you know, and I would just go deep into it. And I'm like, this is just, this is too much. It's too much, you know, too much or uh, not enough. <laughs> I was like, I was writing like full on, it almost sounded like a full on dissertation. You know, I swear it was just like pages. And I'm like, no, no, I got to, I, I gotta just contain myself. So one of the more interesting places I learned about was um, what they call Pirates Alley. I was struck with that because I have a mild fascination with pirates. And okay, I know that many of them did terrible things, but there's something about pirates that's interesting to me. I don't know if it's like, you know, the fact that they lived on ships and it was in the middle of like, you know, not during the current times. It's the adventure. I know, but a lot of them were terrible people. But anyway, so I was like, oh, Pirates Alley. I want to know what this is about. <laughs> I didn't expect to be so interested in this, like, 600-foot long stretch of a Pirates Alley. Basically, it literally is an alley. It's 600 feet long and, like, 16 feet wide. And there's a ton of buildings that line it. And, you know, before the 80s, it was just kind of like a you know, like a snicket way, like it was just an alleyway. That's just what it was. But somehow it turned into like a shopping center, <laughs> a shopping area. There's a bunch of shops there now. In um, an alley? Yeah. Like it, it yeah. Where the alley runs happen. through it? No, like the alley is the shopping center. Huh. Okay. The first ghost that I want to talk about um, made me excited because he haunts a bookstore and you know me, I'm a bibliophile at heart. I love me some books. I'm currently reading like three books at a time. I'm insane. But anyway, <laughs> so um, there is this bookshop called Faulkner House Books. So in the 1920s, there's this guy named William Faulkner. Maybe you've heard of him. Maybe you haven't. I don't um, know. He lived, this, <laughs> he lived in this house and he is said to still reside there. Um, it's been reported that uh, he's sitting at his writing desk doing some writing because he's a well-known writer, of course. And then a lot of people s say that they smell his pipe tobacco because, according to legend, he would smoke his pipe tobacco while he was writing. Nothing too fancy about this ghost. I just thought it was interesting how they just have, like, a resident ghost writer in their bookstore. And from my understanding, whenever William Faulkner lived there, it wasn't a bookstore. That was just his house. And then later on, they turned it into a bookstore. Correct me if I'm wrong, anybody who's listening, but that's what I understood. And I thought that was kind of cool. And the fact that there's a bookstore along Pirate Alley, two of my favorite things, I had to include it, this little snippet there. Um, but now I'm going to actually talk about a pirate, okay? Um, his name was uh, Jean Lafitte. And his story goes back to 1812 and the Battle of New Orleans. Um, so... Basically, this pirate was famous for just having a grand old time. He just always wanted to have a good time. Good time with the ladies, good time with the booze, good time just in general. But he really loved his brother. <laughs> but so much so that his um, his brother went to jail and um, Jean Lafitte like negotiated his brother's quote-unquote escape from prison with General Andrew Jackson. They conducted that quote-unquote escape through Pirate Alley, um, but in exchange for his brother's freedom, John Lafitte said that he was going to fight with Andrew Jackson in the Battle of New Orleans. So 
according to legend, without the help of the pirates of John Lafitte, the battle would have been lost. And to this day, it's said that you can see his ghost early in the morning, just walking up and down, you know, because New Orleans was one of his favorite places to be. And um, one of the legends it says that he kind of had a, um, like a base there in Pirate's Alley, where like he would go there and yeah. pull up there, whatever. But a lot of people don't think that's true because along Pirate's Alley, there's a church and there's other like buildings and stuff. So like, why would a pirate want to be next to a church and law offices, whatever. But um, regardless, because of that um, argument, that disagreement, some people think that the person walking up and down is not Jean Lafitte, but a different pirate entirely who died in that Battle of New Orleans shortly after, shortly after marrying his pregnant lover. Um, but regardless, there is a ghostly piratey apparition, <laughs> and pirate. it's one of the reasons why. Piratey. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the reasons why um, Pirate Alley is uh, haunted, and I thought that was kind of cool. There's so much more on John Lafitte. He was one that I kind of went down to the rabbit hole <laughs> just going on, and I'm like, I can't. I would be talking for hours. Um, so um there's several other reasons why that this pirate alley is haunted and you know from prisoners who linger at the old prison to even priests who sing people often hear like a singing priest huh. you know around the church and there's of course graveyards and stuff like that um but one thing is certain if you are a fan of ghostly encounters pirates alley in new orleans it's probably a place you want to visit. I know I do. And apparently they do ghost tours through there. So I'm like, dude, I love ghost tours. If I ever get a chance to go to New Orleans, I'm definitely going on a haunted ghost tour. And I, I, dude. <sighs> but hey, if any, if any listeners do go to Pirates Alley and you do experience something I want to hear, um, that would be fun. But speaking of like personal experiences, this is not my personal experience, but I did recall my mom saying something about that she had a um, her own little experience when she was in New Orleans, and it wasn't big, but I was like, wait, I remember when I was a teenager, you said da-da-da. So I asked her about it the other day, and this is what she told me. She said, I was walking in Bourbon Street after a tour, it was around 1 a.m., and I saw a man in a period costume sweeping. Um, I said, hi, how are you doing? And he waved, he answered me and mumbled something else and then waved again. And people around her, and, you know, including my dad at the time, was, um, who were you talking to? And whenever she looked back over there, there wasn't anybody there. And she was like, this looked like Ooh. a straight up man. It didn't look like, it didn't look see-through, it didn't look apparition. It was just like you or me or anybody just like walking she See, kind of thinks, and I would think that it was just somebody in costume because that happens yeah. there a lot. But the fact that yeah. nobody else that was around her saw yeah. him—that's freaky. Yeah, she thinks that maybe it was like a timestamp, but it was interacted because it, you know, responded to her. It waved and said hi back. Um, Ooh, what about but, um, like when when like our dimension interacts with another dimension, like they switch over in between each other what is that called oh i know like a time know. slip oh, sure. something yeah i mean maybe who knows some people think all time is happening all at once and he thinks that she looks crazy and that's why he was mumbling because he's like what <laughs> yeah, he's the hell like, is uh... this woman wearing <laughs> 
valid. It's so um, it's so improper. Yeah. <laughs> so revealing. Uh, right here in front of the church. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, but yeah, so that's what I had for you guys as far as New Orleans. Just something nice. short and sweet because my um, anxiety, ADHD, hyper-focusing brain could not handle anything more. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know what you're talking about. So before I start on my story, my friend messaged me last night. She says that she went to see a psychic in 2016. She didn't tell her anything at all. She accurately told her the color of her son's eyes. A lot of things about her husband were very accurate. She also said that uh, she would have a daughter in May to April of 2017, which she did. And then she said that her son was special and would lead the, quote, purple children. The one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I was like, what do you mean purple children? And she's like, I had to do some research on this. Hold on. She goes, oh, wait, it's not purple children. It's indigo children. Okay. That he would lead indigo children, which is psychic children. Mm-hmm. So somehow he's going to be like a leader of psychic children and help them find their way is what she said. So th- I just, her son now? now I think he's eight or okay. nine. I was like, that's strange. So what psychic did you go to? Cause I went to see a psychic too. And it turns out she went to, if not the same psychic, she went to the same place that I went to, which was, um, Marie Laveau's oh. voodoo shop. Uh-huh. I, went there. I can't remember if it's grad school or undergrad, but I was in college and I had taken a weekend to go there with James. We were not married yet, so I didn't have a ring, anything. I went in there by myself. I didn't tell her anything at all. Uh, She told me about James. She told me that we'd get married, that we'd have two kids, all of which we do. She also told me um, to stick to our plans okay sure um (laughs) well that sunday i can't remember if it was like a four-day weekend so we could have technically stayed another night before i had to go back to the university but we were thinking about staying another night and this was a like halloween weekend or around that time very close to it if not that weekend and we were thinking about staying another night and i was like you know what no, let's just stick to the plan so that I can get back and I'll have enough time to travel back, you know, to the university and blah, blah, blah. Well, so we stuck to our plan that night that we were supposed that we were thinking about staying. uh, There was a shoot out like somebody started shooting. And I think I can't remember how many people were hit. I think like seven or 14. I don't know. But it, was, it where it happened was on the block that our hotel was on, on Bourbon Street. The block, the same block that we had been walking the entire time we were there. Could have very well saved your guys' lives. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I'm happy you stuck to it, stuck to your travel plans. Yeah. Okay, but I do have a story for you. Okay. Let me have a little sip of wine. Mm-hmm. So, I found this story plastered all over the internet. 
though I had never actually heard about this particular haunt of New Orleans. You know, there are so many very popular stories out there. You can find it easily by Googling Marguerite O'Donnell, New Orleans. I got my information from an article on verylocal.com, and it's titled Haunted Nola, How the Ghost of a Heartbroke Bourbon Street Showgirl Killed Her Lover, and it was written by Michael DeMocker. And yes, you heard that right, how the ghost of a heartbroken showgirl killed her lover. I didn't catch that when you said it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so for this story, we're heading to the opera. This is about the the witch of the opera, although I'm not sure why they called her a witch. She was a ghost. <laughs> but maybe it was the fact that before her death, she swore revenge, and it was after her death that she got it. Once upon a time, there was an Irish immigrant that was married to a beautiful I'm hearing, like, static. I'm just sitting normal. You didn't hear that? No. There was a bunch of static, and then I heard, like, oh. <laughs> don't. Don't even play with me like that. I'm not playing with you. <laughs> no. Can you hear me? <gasps> Miranda. Miranda! No, 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 This is up cool. Miranda? Please tell me you're on mute. No. Oh, oh my god, there you are. Did you hear me that whole time? No. Are you fucking with me? No, I'm not. Okay, I'm really kind of starting to freak out because let me what tell you. Happened? What happened? Let me tell you where I am right now. Okay. You remember how I was telling you about the apparition that they saw in the playroom? Yeah. Okay, well, James is trying to go to bed and he's got all the animals in there. Our office is off the side off the side of our room in like a little extra room. I don't know what those are called, off ensuite or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I didn't want him to feel like he had to be super quiet and worry about snoring or anything like that. So I came up to the playroom and I'm in the playroom. Not only oh. that, the playroom is huge and I didn't want it to echo. So I, <laughs> I am in the closet oh. in the playroom. <laughs> so on one oh. side, I have the door that opens up to where the apparition was seen. And on the other side of me is a door that leads directly into the attic. Okay. And here I am hearing these weird things and having weird things happen in my mic. And not only that, but my nose just started bleeding and I don't know why. No. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Uh. <sighs> okay. I kind of want to cry, but I'm just going to take another drink and go on. <laughs> you you okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. You got to okay. keep this in. <laughs> keep, okay. You got to keep this in. Don't edit it out. <laughs> okay. Are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, alrighty. Once upon a time. 
<laughs> there was an Irish immigrant that was married to a beautiful French woman in the year of 1842 in good old New Orleans. They welcomed the youngest of their 12 children into the world. Yeah, 12. Oh my gosh, yes. Marguerite O'Donnell inherited every bit of her mother's beauty. She was stunning. At the age of 18, she married a man named Octave, Octave Save. They seemed to have a happy marriage, but that was short-lived as he was soon set to fight in the Civil War. During the war, Marguerite lost all five of her brothers as well as four brother-in-laws. Her husband, Octave, survived. When her husband came home to Marguerite, he had changed. War had changed him. He was so cruel, she couldn't stand to spend time with him. To escape this nightmare she was living in, she began working as a choir girl at the French Opera House on Bourbon Street. She was 33 at this time. But to get the job, she lied, and she said that she was in her early 20s. It wasn't hard to pass for that age, as she was incredibly beautiful. Her new employer wasn't the only one she kept secrets from. She worked nights, and so did Octave. This made it easy for her to keep her new job a secret from her husband. By 1878, after working at the Opera House for three years, and at the age of 36, Yellow fever hit New Orleans. During this pandemic, Marguerite lost the rest of her family, including her husband Octave, to yellow fever. There was nothing else to do in her life but continue on with her career at the Opera House. Years later, Marguerite became a lover to a much older, much richer man named Monsieur de Bois Blanc. He took care of her needs in more ways than one, <laughs> mm-hmm. and he lavished her with all the finer things in life. It was only three months after this affair began that Monsieur de Bois Blanc passes away. Remember, he's a much older man. Mm-hmm. To Marguerite. <laughs> yep. Oh. To Marguerite, Boisblanc leaves $10,000. That's almost $360,000 in today's money, according to the Google. She uses this money to open a pastry shop called Le Camellia around the corner from the opera house. Marguerite's business venture was a success, so much so that she needed help. She took out an ad for a pastry chef, and she found one a man named Carlos Alfaro, a handsome 21-year-old. At least, she thought she found a good pastry chef. As it turns out, Carlos couldn't make diddly squat, let alone a good pastry. Still, Marguerite kept him around. Maybe it was his charming smile or those sparkling eyes that lured her in. (laughs) Because it sure wasn't his baking skills. It wasn't long before his this 21-year-old man and this 60-year-old retired showgirl found themselves in a hot romance. 
However, <laughs> however, as you may have guessed, that didn't last. Carlos has become enamored by a sex worker named Lizette Labouf. They had their quote-unquote love nest at Rue Royale on St. Anne Street, a few blocks from the pastry shop. One tragic day, the lovers were found by Marguerite as she reportedly burst into the room to find the couple curled up and asleep. Marguerite was devastated. She went back to her apartment above her pastry shop and completed suicide by gunshot. So in this horrible scene, the police find a suicide note. And in this note, Marguerite swore that her spirit would return for vengeance. So Marguerite has passed away. The lovers, Carlos and Lizette, they're still around. They're still kicking it in this rooming house. They're still having a dandy old time. So they're in this rooming house. When residents of this rooming house see a ghost come into the building and go up the stairs, one that somebody said looks just like Marguerite. They said that it went into the room of these two lovers, Carlos and Lizette. It turns out that Carlos and Lizette, they die because somehow the gas on the small stove is cranked up. Hmm. So was it this ghost that was seen that did it? I don't know. But... It said that after she went into that room, she's seen leaving, and she just slips back into the night. So did she get her revenge? Maybe, maybe not. But there's more. So for the next decade, Marguerite can be seen nightly walking from the Opera House to the St. Anne Rooming House. And then after these 10 years, a new tenant moves into this, this apartment, and the tenant found a piece of paper that had been wedged between the mantel and the chimney. Supposedly, it was a letter from Marguerite to Carlos, begging him to take her back. The tenant says that they had tossed the letter into the fire. And this is where it gets a little crazy for me, but okay. So into the fire and as the tenant did this quote the ghost of marguerite suddenly materialized and tried in vain to save it from burning as the letter crumbled to ash the ghost let loose a tortured howl and disappeared never to be seen again end quote <laughs> huh. um but people say that they still see her walking around um, sometimes tormenting unfaithful people and continues to haunt that rooming house and is just not very pleased when it comes to women. Like women in general or pleased when women, not when it comes to women being cheated on? Uh, women in general. Apparently she doesn't, doesn't exactly prefer them when she comes upon them. <laughs> ah. Oh, um. There's one other thing. The morning of December 4th, 1919, still in the midst of all this haunting, 
a mysterious fire breaks out and destroys the opera house. Like this, like it just poof. Is that ghost like still hanging out on this old opera house? Well, some some believe that she might have caused the fire. Oh, okay. So what's really interesting is, as the writer of this article, Michael Demacher, states, is, quote, the fire occurred hours after a rehearsal for the opera Carmen, the story of a fiery-eyed performer caught in a love triangle that ends in her violent death. Sound familiar? End quote. Mm. Very similar uh, to her story. And if you think back, they were talking about how they very first saw her spirit and she had red glowing eyes. And of course, this Carmen person, they're not literally fire eyed, but that's the description here. The story of a fiery eyed performer caught in a love triangle. It's just interesting. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) Well, in honor of my story, I am drinking a wine called Cabernet Franc. Cabernet. Yeah. At first it caught my attention because I was like, whoa, it's a picture of a dude with a really crazy mustache whose mustache (laughs) curls like octopus legs and is holding a knife and a fork and what looks like an egg cup and maybe a Brussels sprout. (laughs) He's having dinner. It's very strange. And then I I saw Cabernet Franc and I was like, oh, French. There you go. Yeah. Hey, one of my ghosts was a French French pirate, so yeah. Boom. See? <laughs> we sometimes I'm like without even trying. Sometimes I'm like I really want to try some wine. I mean, I, obviously I've tried wine, but like I get I'm so afraid of drinking wine because it, it's so sugary and it gives me heart palpitations because I get, you know, anxiety and crap like that. Like well, oh, it's not so good. Don't drink the super sugary wine. I don't like but super the, sweet wine. Is, it's gross if it's not sweet. This is why That's you're the witch point. and I'm the wino. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even like to drink other alcohol because it just doesn't taste good. I'll, I'll drink sweet stuff, but then, of course, you know, same problem. It gives you a hangover, makes you feel anxious. Nah. I barely drink coffee. Coffee? Coffee. Coffee. You sound yeah. like such a northerner, but you're a westerner. <laughs> I have no explanation. For, for that. But if I keep drinking this wine, my accent's going to get pretty thick. <laughs> oh, that would be adorable. Maybe one of these <laughs> nights. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, thank y'all for joining us on this wonderful evening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Yep. <laughs> Yep. There's that accent. Don't ask me where that came from. (laughs) (laughs) All right. As always, if you have any fun and interesting stories you want us to share, just shoot us an email at witchinandwinin at gmail.com. That's W-I-T-C-H-N-A-N-D. W-I-N-E-N at gmail.com. Look forward to 
to hearing those stories. Check out our Facebook as well, which and and whining. We've posted a um, a couple things related to our past episodes that you could check out. So you can share your own pictures, whatever you like. And that she um, Crystal has shared a video of that camera footage that she talked about. So definitely oh, check that out because in our first episode. Yeah, disconcerting hearing that baby go from laughter to screaming. Ugh. Yes, yeah. and a coworker of mine, she, in the other video with the orb, she said that she was unable to see the orb, so I showed her on my phone where to look, and now she cannot unsee it. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're looking at the video that supposedly has an orb in it, you need to look at the bottom part of the video um, where the wall is and you will see something come out of the wall which is really a bathroom door and move down the bed and then go to her bedroom door and then the cat's head will pop up so just keep your eyes pointed there cool beans okay talk to you guys next time bye 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 <laughs>